senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 79. Sorry, gentlemen, no perverse numbers this time. Unless 79! <laughs> unless you want to count. Oh, that's the number of times you have to hit the prostate before your pelvis explodes. That potentially could work. I don't know. I try to work with you guys, but... <laughs> that's also eerily specific. Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I feel like that's something that's been attempted. Yeah, that's kind of like some strange version of the how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> I live with you and that's a new thing. I, <laughs> I have needs and I'm good at Excel. Anyway. But, <laughs> so, yes, as we promised after we did the, uh, the episode 69, like you might have guessed with the number play uh, about Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, we have our guests from that show back. Uh, everybody's remote this time because... Yeah, it's about 850 degrees in Boston, and nobody wants to travel more than 10 feet from their air conditioner. Trust me, it's no Bingo. good. So. And, and Tim might not make it back after last time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am going to save about $80 on rye whiskey by you not yeah. being here this time, Tim. But yeah, yes. I tr- I bet, you, I, as I recall, I came in with a bottle of water. That was my plan. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bad plan when you party with us, my friend, and you know it. <laughs> But yes, I had to run out like to make a trip, make a make a run just to be on the show. Oh yes, I don't think I'm on the house anymore. You can't do this shit sober, man. It cannot I be know. done. Trust me, we tried it, and it's terrible. I don't know how you can talk about <laughs> comics as much sober. But yes, all right. So remotely, we'll do the uh, introductions. Uh, we've got uh, Boston comedian Tim McIntyre. Hey everybody. Uh, we've got uh, New York comedian Benari Poulton. Hi. And uh, former Boston comedian and good friend Ross Garmel. How you doing? And yes, this is now, as we talked about in episode 69, The I, I just don't get tired of saying 69. I'll keep referring to it through the whole <laughs> no, goddamn you. show. You're but, 12. Uh, <laughs> indeed. With <laughs> with very particular needs on my prostate. I would... <laughs> If you guys need us to log out for a couple minutes, no. Yeah, if you want to finish up number eighty, you fuckers uh, are gonna watch. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a lot of trouble to get this video feed together. Stupid Chromebook, where's the button? (laughs) (laughs) But yes, we have the uh, the entire uh, original creators of uh, back in the day before podcasts, before uh, YouTube, uh, just a geek stage show that at the time was state of the art, the Grand High Council of all things true, which took place in uh, uh, an attic in a Cambridge, Massachusetts Chinese restaurant. That's how you had to see a goddamn comedy back in the day at a climb. <laughs> right. 15 fucking goddamn flights of stairs to get up and see some live comedy and talk about Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. There were no there were no pod catchers back then. You couldn't just We only had a we only had a show once a month. I don't know if we would have bothered with Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. So l- let's go right to Ant-Man for Christ's sake. <laughs> Cuz clearly everyone's got an opinion about it. So yeah, Ant-Man Marvel Studios latest offering uh opened in the United States uh this past Friday and this is kind of a weird one cuz for the first time in a long time, I almost didn't give a shit, and I'm not sure too many other people did. did I mean, did anybody really have a hope about this movie being really good? Because, I mean, first of all, does anybody give a shit about the character of Ant-Man? 
any of the characters of Ant-Man. No. 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 Even even the Ultimates, he was shoehorned in. Yeah. Stan, whatever, Lee, whatever, Stan Lee whatever. has to be reminded that he co-created Ant-Man. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> Which, I mean, on a meta level, you feel bad for Hank Pym because even, like, he doesn't, his he, character he doesn't, is nobody gives a shit. Like, He's one of the founding members of the Avengers, and it's like, yeah, no, no, one, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> We're going to retcon you into the movies. I'm a founding member of the Avengers. Who, the wife beater? What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. We weren't, have you the, weren't you the guy with that. the split personality? <laughs> <laughs> no, and you were a scroll for a while, right? You weren't even here. Nobody noticed. <laughs> well, who wasn't? I mean, who was a scroll for a while? <laughs> yeah, this anti scroll rhetoric, man. <laughs> Look, all I know is when. Scroll phobia. Back when I was still defending DC before Zack Snyder got involved, <laughs> I was sta- I was walking in the in the comic store of Venari, and they had the uh, the trade, the essential Ant Man. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. If I the ever fact fucking that heard anybody one. put these words together, proves that Marvel doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. <laughs> it's a slim pamphlet. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when when I was a kid. The entirety of my knowledge of Ant-Man was, you know, oh, that's Yellow Jacket. He started yeah. as Ant-Man, and then he was Giant Man and Goliath, and then Yellow Jacket. And right. it, who can play? At least Yellow Jacket sounds cool. Ant-Man sounds like a fucking seventh grade middle school locker room insult. It's just right. not a good way well, to start. It's, it was such a bad name that they changed it within like three issues of his first appearance. It's like, oh, also, <laughs> I can make myself really big. Like yeah. a big dude. I'm Giant Man. <laughs> Ant-Man sounds like they were on a deadline and said, hey, Spider-Man worked. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the weird thing about that is I feel like a little bit in the tone of this and also with this character, even though Scott Lang is, you know, a a, a thief uh, and and a master electrician, this was the most, um, I think, street level character of the real of the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. Yeah, he was he was the closest Mm. to the Spider-Man type, and I think before they got the rights to Spider-Man to use, this was probably going to be the the Spider-Man stand-in. The sort of, like, oh. fun-loving, like, you know, has a has Why? a mess of responsibilities on his shoulders, but, like, trying to hang with the big boys out of his depth sort of character. Which actually wow. makes a lot of sense, and particularly with the timing, going straight into Captain America Civil War with the next one. It, right. Yeah, that's probably the way they were going to go, and Paul Rudd's probably going, oh, shit, there goes my pay. Yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, you got Spider-Man? I guess you guys don't need me. I'll be, I'll be talking to the ants. Coolest, <laughs> too. But, it, it, but, yeah, it's it, even with the Avengers, yeah, they very quickly made him Giant Man because how the hell is a guy who's going to shrink party with the Hulk and Thor? I mean, it's... <laughs> Where, at what point is shrinking the best solution to your problems? You got Thor hitting Kang with lightning, and you got the Hulk punching him in the groin, and Ant Man's crawling up his fucking urethra to make him think he's got chlamydia or something. It's you can't hang with the Earth's Mightiest Heroes if you shrink. No matter how much they tried in this movie to make us feel like it's an uh, actual would, power that I can would, change the world. I would world. point you to the uh, classic Neil Adams drawn issue of <laughs> Avengers Volume One Ninety Three. Uh, Jesus. Journey to the center of an android in which and it's in the middle of the Kree Scroll War. Uh, they have this like whole thing where the Vision comes in. He's totally been shut down. They don't know what the deal is, and they call Ant Man, and see he like basically goes inside the Vision and like fucking bites off midichlorians or whatever the hell the Vision has inside of him and uh, fixes them. But it's like a really but it's a really cool issue, and it's like fan, it's it it shows what you can do with a character who who shrinks down to that size and. I'm pretty sure uh, they just uh, also 
introduced the idea of the uh, the microverse, which I know Tim was a big fan of. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And while you're not going to get the actual Micronauts, there are a couple of characters that Marvel still owns the rights to, and I'm pretty sure they're, like, setting up the whole, like, microverse, fucking bring you into Doctor Strange territory, that whole thing. All like, right. This is a shift. So, I just yeah. want ROM. <laughs> IDW Comics actually just picked up the rights to do uh, ROM Space Night comics. I don't know if they're going right to reprint on. the original ones, but they're they're at least going to be doing new ones. So keep an eye out for that one. They also got Micronauts, so IDW is going to have books on both. Of them. All right then. And so I'm basically, they got all later. of Tim's letters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, Benari, you're a nerd. Jesus Christ, really. <laughs> You knew these. Uh, this is why I've said you know comics inarguably better than I do. But second, to go back with it, yeah, it shows what you can do with a shrinking character. Fantastic Voyage, because there was also a World's Finest Comics where they did just about the same thing with Adam. That's the first thing everybody thinks of. Is right. okay. Mm-hmm. That's really all you can do with a shrinking character. I mean, if but, you, I mean, and this, and I'm just sticking out loud here because I literally saw the movie two hours ago and haven't read anything anybody else's take on it. If you if you think about the one person who could stand to shrink to get into shit would be a thief, right? Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense actually. Oh, and yeah. I like that they I like that they've included this. I was actually kind of disappointed that they they went sort of the standard formula for the for the uh, final third of the movie where it just became like a fight because I loved the idea of a heist movie. It was great that they were putting it together as like basically you know this is the guy that's going to steal all your shit. Like that's a great different type of character yeah, to have yeah. in the Avengers of like, oh, great, we can do some like black op shit. You need to sneak into a place. You got all this stuff going on. They could have really just done this, the standard heist movie. And now you think, yeah, that's been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you that's what they were going to do ahead of time because Yellow Jacket just felt so goddamn forced in. And yeah, it really, it really was like, Kind of tacked on of like, well, we got to have the fight in the in the final act. Yeah, yeah. He's got to battle. It's it was basically the end of Iron Man. Like it was kind of its own movie, and then it became like, oh, it's Iron Man again, which worked really well for you. So I guess you're just doing it again. <laughs> but it's a, yeah, Yellow Jacket in this was probably the worst Marvel villain since probably Malekith in Thor: The Last World, and I I only say that because I had to Google. Malekith's name, and I own Thor: The Last World on fucking Dark Blu-ray. World. Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> um, Dark World. So that's that's how unmemorable it is. It's, yeah, it was. All he was missing was a mustache to twirl. <laughs> you wanted to call him the termite. Oh <laughs> yeah, I whispered to Amanda during the movie they should call him the termite because all he does is show up and chew the fucking scenery up. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, at least when he put the suit on, he didn't have to look at his face. <laughs> His whole I, – I didn't really get any of his – Who is that guy anyway? Uh, it's Corey Stoll, and he's the lead on The Strain, which is not a bad show to have about 10 beers and turn your brain off. It's not a terrible uh-huh. – you know, He was zombie. also in House of Cards, I think, right? He was in that first oh, season that's in House it. of Cards. Uh, nobody puts on spandex in that show, so I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't know that Kevin Spacey's not wearing spandex in that show. Let's be honest. All right. I'll give it Are a try. spandex? <laughs> I think partially also like Ruff. Okay. Shorts. I don't keep <laughs> up with the fashions. I don't understand what the terms is. Jeggings. <laughs> so, but so it does. I don't even know. Did the rest of you guys like the movie? I liked I it. enjoyed it. I liked I enjoyed it. it. I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, again, at the, you know, I think we've we've had this before. They have they have a formula down that at the very least it's a it's a fun movie to sit through. Like I didn't. Right. You know, um, I I wouldn't 
I, I wouldn't have been upset if I saw you know waited and saw it at home. You know, got a saw it on Netflix or whatever though. Like I didn't have to be out of the theater for. It. Right. This wasn't like a must see Marvel movie. This wasn't like right. you gotta go see what happens in, in Ant Man. I've been waiting my whole life to see this. Like I don't think I don't think anyone had that reaction. I mean, um, Stanley had that, but you know the senility he he really can't keep track of how he might have created. But again, it he thought he was seeing Spider Man for the yeah. first time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Although I I will say it was probably Stan's best cameo, trying to yeah. lip sync along with that Street fun. Lingo. That was, fantastic. That was pretty <laughs> that, cool. That guy stole the movie, by the way. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The Luis good. character stole the yeah. movie by a mile. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the the biggest. The weirdest thing about that, and Amanda really pointed it out, his scenes were the one that felt most like Edgar Wright. Movie. I promise you, those those all those scenes came right out of Edgar Wright's script, which yeah. is yeah. why he still has his name and, and, and a script uh, credit on it. Because though, like those sequences felt so fresh and invigorating, yeah, and such a great way to get exposition across. Yeah, and then, like it went, you know, so like anytime those things popped up, you could you could almost see where they patched the movie together. Every oh. everything of him like robbing the suit. Yeah. 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 And, and that's that's half of why I walked into this movie, you know, really thinking, uh, all right, this one's not gonna work for me. It, and it was mostly The World's End was my favorite movie of that year. So when Wright yeah. got knocked off of this, it was like, oh, okay, this is Marvel fucking things up. And I think they you can see where they bolted shit on to make it more mighty Avengers type. You know, for for every yeah. scene like with Lewis, and I, I guarantee you, just the the weird, grotesque to the point of humorous body horror of shrinking the dude and the goat into just a, a smear, a smear yeah. of goo. <laughs> but uh, the, the whole going to Avengers headquarters sequence to fight Falcon that was bolted on afterwards. Well, yeah, he, but he I, actually he talked did. about that. Really? He, they, they said that they added that scene. They were like, oh, yeah, we want a scene where he fights the thing, you know, so we can bring in the Avenger, we can bring in the rest of the world. And they basically came up with, you know, it'll be the Falcon because I think he was the only one not shooting anything that week. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, yeah, that's who we'll fight. It makes perfect sense. But it did feel very bolted on there, though, between that and the, the final stinger at the end where it's like, all right, we have to have an excuse to tie this back to something mm-hmm. happening with the next movie. And that part irritated me somewhat because you have the little bit in age of ultron where falcon's like oh by the way i'm still working on your missing persons case and then at the end mm-hmm. and here's bucky <laughs> like after all that in a garage where the doors are open it's pretty much out me like that didn't seem like it was that hard to find Cap, <laughs> just work on his just work on his car Oh, I thought that was the. Uh... Yeah, he has he has a '69 Mustang. He likes to fix up, so he's, <laughs> he gets wrapped up in a project sometimes. You know, he forgets to come up for air. Uh, so he's our I neighbor two doors down. The new headquarters. It's very. It's possible. It, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. There, the there's got to be a shitty garage somewhere at the new headquarters where yeah. they could hang out. It was, it was the other building where he stole the thing that that looked like the shield generator from Empire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the MacGuffin that did nothing. We we need this thing from Avengers headquarters to make the heist work. Okay, I got it. Great. Uh, turn it on and let's never talk about it again. Yeah, yeah good point. What does this do? It, it advances it plot. Like blue. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I didn't mind the fight with Ant Man and and Falcon. It just it, it sort of just stuck out like a sore thumb of. And now we need a cameo. And it was fine, I, but I love that stuff. I just felt like this this particular movie more than some of the like. I'll go back to Iron Man 2 because that's, I think, I think the clunkiest 
of the of the Marvel movies and what they're trying to do. This one went back to there where they didn't quite know how to seamlessly integrate all these things in, and they're like, we have this scene because we have to have this scene. Like, mm-hmm. we have to introduce him into this world, so let's make it he fights an Avenger, as opposed to it sort of being a little more seamless and, and clever. They right. just, like, sort of, like, tacked it on the way that I did, you know it's going to I did think it was a little clever to have it be an old, you know, an old building, and then they get there and, like, uh, actually, no. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I love that. Order. I thought that was a, that was clever. I love that, but that if if there had been a little more forethought forethought and it hadn't been tacked on, I think he would have like run into the Avengers while they were training and maybe never even interacted with them. Oh, snuck like past them. Scene, snuck yeah, you have like a whole scene That's where you cool. just sort of wind the character in there, so it's like. Yeah, you see that maybe even that like final bit from like the Avengers, where he's like Avengers and someone's what the fuck, you know? Oh, he's like right there sneaking yeah. through. Oh, that's and not bad. You know what I mean? That's I, I just think if they had if if it was more thought through than it ended up being, they probably would have had that. But instead, it was like a last minute, like oh shit, we gotta we gotta do this thing. And I, again, I thought it was great that it is that's the upstate, you know, that's the right. that's his upstate warehouse is the new Avengers headquarters. That's. That's great and clever and a great way to bring him in. But um, there's also I, I really like that they set up that Tim hates Stark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like I, that was I, really nice, and that's going to play well in Civil War and, and the others. I do want to see Michael Douglas go head to head with Robert Downey Jr. Mm. That that'll be. Oh cool. yeah. But yeah, yeah. Benar, you, you've got a, a great point because I kept watching the Falcon fight, going, well, "Why does his headgear give him the ability to look for microscopic <laughs> dudes? Well, how can he?" Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I have these because uh, he has Falcon eyes. Oh, that's that's a well-known power that he's never had. Ross, hey, <laughs> he talks well, to birds. But... Birds of prey. Birds of prey have good yeah. vision, right? Yes, and it's never been established that he could talk to birds in this. He's he's a pilot who stole his wings from <laughs> no, the army. No, no, Rob, Rob. Ant-Man talks to ants. Falcon sees things like birds do. <laughs> because yes, reasons. makes perfect sense. Do we have yeah. to, we have to hold just, your hand the entire time, Rob? I should have had I mean, two more beers before Falcons the show. Falcons eat worms and bugs. How do you think they find them? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, fucking dumb. Come on, right? Okay, wait. So, so Falcon sleeping with Vision, which made his vision better. Wait, what? I, what? I'm not That's good not, with comics. I don't know very much. There's a, there's a prostate theme to this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> which you should probably get that looked at. <laughs> yeah. No, never. I, I don't need that kind of bad news in my life. Have you seen what I do to my body? I don't need to, I don't need to hear the bad news. It'll, it'll get to me. Should I go get you the whiskey? <laughs> it's probably not a terrible idea at this point. <laughs> but I do I do I do love that uh, they brought in an instant rivalry with uh with Pym and Stark and the fact yeah. and the fact that like you sort of get that idea of like Star- you know Howard Stark who was involved in some of the shady stuff was also always trying to do good and that and that ties in shield and I thought one of the most exciting parts of this movie for me was the hint that there was a whole bunch of awesome Black Ops shield shit going on in the 80s. Yeah. Because- well, I love seeing uh, I love seeing uh, Agent Carter. Yeah. yeah, at the beginning, yeah. that Haley Caldwell, that was great. And I think one of the great things that Marvel's been doing, which is why for me, Shield sort of like falls so flat, is like when they do the Agent Carter stuff, or even that that flashback with like, you know, Hank Pym as as Ant Man with the Wasp back in the eighties, like oh, doing these missions. Cool. I'm like, oh, if Marvel did stuff like this now, where they're filling it, you know, if Shield operated that way, where they're sort of filling in the backstories yep. and like little side missions and and stuff like that, they're doing great with the period pieces, I think. And so I love that they're opening up the universe between like the Captain America period and the modern era. 
and sort of like sprinkling in the characters now. So I thought this movie actually did a, a really good job of bringing in sort of like, oh yeah, there's another like super smart you know, scientist and Hank Pym, who was a rival of Stark's and like left Shield because he didn't like the shady shit they were doing and yeah. and all this sort of stuff. So I like that they're sort of they're expanding the world that way, but also giving plenty of room. Of like, oh, I want to see some '80s adventures. Like, I want to see some, <laughs> you know. This is the first time I ever thanked God that Fox has the X Men because I just got a douche chill thinking about the Dazzler movie that that would inevitably <laughs> lead to. Don't don't tease me. <laughs> Yeah, Amanda has both <laughs> essential dazzlers. You want to talk about oxymorons? <laughs> and fuck you. <laughs> Are they still out of cloak and dagger? <laughs> Haven't I, looked, actually. I, I I think Marvel still has our cloak and dagger. Mutants. Marvel's gotta have cloak and dagger. Yeah. I yeah. don't I don't believe anyone staked that claim yet. <laughs> yeah, nobody's screaming for that one. Get that fat Dakota Dakota North money. <laughs> I would not be upset if Dakota North showed up in the next season of Daredevil. I was about Just, to say that. Oh, damn, son. That's a perfect fit for that Defenders street-level universe. Yeah, I'd like to I see mean, that I mean, Jessica shit. Jones needs another private investigator friend. Why not Dakota? <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you hired at, at Marvel Studios, Venari. You got some shit. You got some ideas. There are so many fucking movies and shows that they're making. I don't understand how I haven't been hired in some capacity on something. Maybe it's you like, already have been. Like you even, if you can't even be hired on Ant-Man, what the fuck is left? Where else do you go? Well, they got, what, another 17 movies to go? And they haven't announced them all, right? Yeah, yeah that's but, true. Well, they, be a good, that's how I will find out. Oh, I, I guess I'm, I'm writing and directing yeah. one of the movies I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you're in charge of Star Fox. <laughs> oh, boo. You'll have Namor in Phase 5. Right. <laughs> Nobody wants Namor. They try you so get, hard to make somebody well, want for Namor. For some reason, we still have the rights to Atari Force, so that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> that was DC. You're gonna, you, and we know you won't work for them. <laughs> I mean, what do we think about just the, the character of Ant-Man himself? I mean, it, I like the humorous take on it. But the the concept of a dude who's shrinking, and, and this goes back to why part of why the Falcon thing stuck out to me. The idea of a dude who shrinks being Avengers level is kind of stupid. I mean, if you give Ant-Man to Frank Miller, he'll have a plague of locusts eat everybody who lives in Saudi Arabia. Right. But otherwise, you know, he, he's a dude who shrinks. And we've established you know, a dude who shrinks generally, yeah, he cures tumors, you know, goes into your body and cures you. Uh, or he's a an emasculation terror story like in the Incredible Shrinking Man, right? You know, <laughs> trying to trying to make Ant Man an Avengers level badass. I'm, I'm just not sure it worked. Well, well right, right right now in the MCU, there is only Avengers level though, right? Just about. I mean, there's not well, like. There's, uh, Avenger- I, mean, I think eventually there will be like Avengers, Defenders, and you know, I sort of. I mean, I guess you have, Daredevil, you have Daredevil running around street level, and hints that there might be some other people out there that aren't associated with the Avengers. But basically, if you show up in the Marvel universe with superpowers, you're, you're like you're an Avenger. Avenger. Like, welcome welcome you know, to the team. It is like they're doing a new Avengers. I mean, they're they're onto the B team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah true. that's true. That's true. We're talking like War Machine, Falcon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not talking about Ant-Man going head-to-head with Thor. <laughs> no, thank God. Very, very tiny and just be the irritation in the armor. Yeah. But, and that's why, yeah, the, the heist movie that, that this really... I, 
I'd have been fine with an Ant-Man movie that really isn't tied to anything. Don't mention the Avengers. It's just a thing that's happening off in its own thing, which mm-hmm. I guarantee is part of why Wright got icked. This thing didn't even oh, sure. need a supervillain. It was and, fine. And it was yeah. fine as a heist where just the nature of the what he has to face when mm-hmm. he's shrunk trying to figure out how to deal with all that was enough of a of an obstacle. You don't need a dude in a suit. So right. and that I, yep. that's going to be part of what sticks with me. It's I Ultimately, I want the Edgar Wright one, where it's just a dude with a suit that isn't A-list or B-list or C-list. He's he's what Brian Michael Bendis understood. It's like, okay, I need a white bread dude to sleep with Jessica Jones and to kill just to show I'm willing to kill an Avenger in Avengers Disassembled. You know, I need someone <laughs> so low level that Jack of Hearts can kill him. Right. <laughs> well, but that's, you know, that's sort of what. Scott Lang was saying too, and the car is like, I'm expendable. That's why I'm in this That's suit. That's true. Like, I love this idea of like this guy who's trying to redeem himself, and through that, he's doing all the missions that like sort of are the more dangerous, more under the radar type of things and that's exactly what these powers can be used for so i like this idea it's not so much that he's like a-list he's like the guy that you know he's sitting on captain america's shoulder just when you think that it's all done you know he's the guy that like jumps onto the bad guy at the very end and brings him down because no one was paying attention to him like that's the kind of i think thing that you could that's the kind of imaginative use of of ant-man that you can bring to something where it makes him avengers level but he's not he's not occupying your attention the whole time yeah, um, and so I think I think that like this was a great introductory movie, but yeah, I mean there was a moment where it felt like, oh, this should have just been a heist movie. You didn't need a supervillain. Like he's not. You don't need that. You just need right. you know just just have him like operate in this universe with these crazy powers, and then at the end it's like, oh, we can use him in the Avengers, or yeah. we can use him. He's got a different use. He offers something that's different than any of these other superheroes have. Well, it's, it's oh, I, I, a little overthought. I mean, it's been a while since they've done a phase one movie, and this would have been a phase one kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's when it was planned. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, if they were to do a secret <laughs> Avengers movie, yeah, put this guy on it. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, what's he going to do against Thanos? He's going to boost one of the <laughs> Infinity Gems. <laughs> okay, yeah. that I can uh, see. Oh, <laughs> give him a, give him a, oh the boom. He can give him a brain aneurysm. Come on, man. <laughs> He can tickle his nostrils and make him sneeze. <laughs> and the god of death. Although Spinari, I, I think also the, the whole thing of like you know his powers and Avengers level. I because you said they were setting up the microverse. I thought they were trying to set up that you know he he messed up with the with the suit. Now he can grow where he wasn't supposed to. So I thought they were setting up for Giant Man. Oh, I, I definitely think they are. But um, I think that they're setting up like, yep, now the characters can grow. They're definitely setting up Giant Man. But I think with that sort of subatomic thing, one, you know, yeah. you have this mystery of like, oh, is the Wasp still alive? Is there like an alternate sort of sub-universe? Is this whole thing there? And so, the wasp- you know, like all the other movies, they're, they're bringing in these other concepts of like, oh, this is a much larger universe and there are universes within universes and there's other stuff out there. So, yeah, I, I I I'm just... The question of can he hang with the Avengers if he can grow to 50 feet tall? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's less of a question. That's why they very quickly turned him into Giant Man in the Avengers. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah See, I always thought Giant Man was cornier than Ant-Man. He is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what do you mean I'm overcompensating? Shut up, <laughs> Everything about him, Hank Pym has always been overcompensating for something. But yeah. I, Angry I, and unstable. I'm just, I have a problem with Pym particles. 
I can stop yeah. anytime I want. Yeah. <laughs> but I guarantee, I guarantee you they're going to bring the wasp back because there's a reason oh, yeah. we never saw her face. They're going to put some actress into that. And it's a, it's a smart thing to do, number one, with the microverse, because if you can introduce that concept, mm-hmm. now you open up Jarella's world and you can do basically Planet Hulk in the microverse without having to deal with the overhead of, Ooh. okay, how do we bring the Hulk back from space? Nah, he got shrunk. He got shrunk and then he grew. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. now there's your how do we do an incredible Hulk movie? It's it's built right into it. Yeah, they they covered up that that actress's face because eventually they're gonna do something with her. And if they don't hire Sharon Stone to play Janet Van Dyne, they're leaving money on the fucking <laughs> table. <laughs> I think I think they're also going to be doing something with the flashback, you know, like the younger adventures. And like I said, you know, there's probably a whole, you know, if Shield was around and and they had this like Avengers Initiative thing. They're probably just uh, they're probably like setting up like, yeah, we can we can do our period piece too. You want to you want to see uh, whatever great you want to see Power Ranger Apocalypse and, uh, and <laughs> bathing suit Psylocke. We can we'll 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 do you one better like 1980s you know spy genre. Uh, 80s action flick or something. West Coast Avengers. <laughs> oh, boom. Yeah. Well, they need something for Pim to do now, right? Yeah. It's, I, I, part of me still thinks the best special effect in that movie was younging up Michael Douglas. If they can keep, <laughs> if they can keep doing that, plaster his face onto a stuntman, it, yeah, I'll, I'll take the original Adventures look, of Ant-Man. That looks so familiar. Like I, I know I've seen the movie they took that directly from. So I was just hoping like it was a really shot. good practical effect with with like the latex like waddle throttle thing. <laughs> Please tell me that's a thing. If not, it is now. Might, if not, that might be the title of this episode. Jesus waddle Christ! Throttle, waddle throttle. <laughs> but I also I liked him as uh, like the voice in the head. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that aspect too. That he's like the guy. You know, he's the he's the guy who's actually guiding him through stuff. You know, turn left here. Right turn, Clyde. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah the, the dynamic between them was, was pretty solid. A douchier Jarvis. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can't afford an AI. I got an old white man talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, there, there is like a, a little bit of a logic problem. Well, obviously, but <laughs> there's a bit of a logic problem at the end when he's just like, yes, I know I spent my entire life basically distancing myself from my daughter for her safety, but now I'm just going to put her in the suit, which has clearly made me mentally unstable. There's some <laughs> other dangerous thing that like prevents me from putting on the suit because it's just dangerous. But here you go. I've decided after this little misadventure, you're yep, you're definitely getting your mom's your dead mom suit. There were motivation problems for characters all over the place, all through the movie. It's the idea. Amanda and I were talking about this uh, yellow jacket was so obviously unstable and so obviously angry before he had anything to do with shrinking. It was almost like a, the director or somebody came by and said uh, that, yeah, we, uh, we need a reason for, for why he's overacting so much. Uh, just let's cut a side thing saying that it fucks up your brain to deal with pimp particles. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, we, we can reshoot all these scenes with or, a new actor. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Or, or pimp particles make you crazy. And overact. But at the same time, if they ever want to do the Hank Pym wife-beating thing, they've got it built in because he's sort of cop to, oh, yeah, it's had a negative effect on me. The Hank mm-hmm. Pym wife-beating thing, which was, like, terrible, was, like, such was like one panel 
in like one comic in a throwaway thing that no one really even read and then it became like canon and now the I mean that's how, that's how disrespected the character of Hank Pym is <laughs> that like one panel became like like this is the worst thing that's ever happened yep he beats his wife he beats his wife <laughs> it's like he's a he's a wife beater uh, and and that part, no matter how much they retcon Hank Pym, that's the one thing that never gets changed. He's like, well, nope, he always beats his wife, no matter what universe he's in. It's because no Mark Millar took it to such an extreme when he did it in The Ultimates. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Gosh, you're right, I'd never hit my wife. It's I hit my wife, and I hate the fact that she shits eggs in the bed, and everything's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> that was Millar working through some of his prostate issues, too, when he was writing The Ultimates, so... Be right back. I don't know what those are. <laughs> no, this is where we travel through the, the microverse. Now. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Tell everybody that you like Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> I like Bucky. Yay. Yeah. Smart kid. Well, that's awesome parenting right there. No, no, I'll be out in just a minute. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. So long, suckers. <laughs> they found Bucky. <laughs> this is working. <laughs> but I think part of the reason... <laughs> what I miss? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> So is this a normal day? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so you were about to say. I don't remember now. <laughs> I was going to say the reason that Hank Pym is remembered for beating his wife is at least he was fucking doing something. <laughs> right. I mean, he wasn't remembered for much else. So. Yeah. it's. <laughs> and I had that issue. My mom threw it away. God damn it. It wasn't but, even very well written or drawn. Like, it's just like... Oh, I know, but it was uh, that was the one, uh, the court martial of Yellow Jacket. You know, the idea of a superhero being court martialed out of yeah. the Avengers. Yeah, I wanted it just for the cover. That's how I bought half my well, books when I was. With funny, actually, I shouldn't say it's not well drawn. With the there, there's actually a backstory to that particular thing too. And this is again, this goes to like how just Hank Pym can't win. He can't even <laughs> be like the star of his own movie. Like <laughs> that particular thing, I think Jim Shooter wrote it, and he just said like, you know, he pushes her aside, but like in dynamic marvel style it was like yeah he like swats her and like, like a big smack effect and it was like never even intended to be as like vicious as it looked but then it was like yep he fucking just beat the shit out of her yeah. and i read that too somewhere yeah but to be fair the panels after you know he was like oh god what have i done so yeah, just within right. context it, yeah you know if i'm the artist you know okay does he get a hammer does he right. <laughs> you know what though i have to say the, the the weirdest like the like the giant Thomas the Tank Engine and the giant ant oh, kept as a pet. Love I loved that. it. Loved I love that. I love those. I love those moments. Those are great. And those felt like from the right script. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you guys did a lot more research on this movie than I did. I didn't know there were problems at all or anything like with the director and stuff. The, oh, oh, yeah. was, this was one of the first movies that was in a. Uh, that Marvel Studios put together was this an Iron Man uh, he started really? Kevin Feige started working with Edgar Wright in 2006 on this and the only reason really? it, yeah. yeah the only reason right. it didn't get made earlier is because he was working on Scott Pilgrim and then The World's End and uh, it, part of the problem is there he missed his window and that's sort of part of the problem I had when when Wright quit slash got fired you know it's it's easy to forget now that 
Marvel Studios is so ubiquitous, but part of how mm-hmm. it really got its name on the map was it wasn't just we're going to do superhero movies. It's, all right, shit, we're stuck with C-list heroes as far as what the world considers, you know, your versus your Spider-Man or your X-Men. So it's we're not just going to do superhero movies about these heroes that nobody's heard of. We're going to get A-list talent. So you get John Favreau, who wrote Swingers and was right. part of Daredevil, so he had a little bit of superhero pedigree. And then the casting of Robert Downey Jr. And on the Hulk, you get Edward Norton, you know, who nobody would think you get that guy to play a superhero. So there right. was really early on, we're going to get Kenneth Branagh to do Thor. And as oh, time yeah, has right. gone on, it's sort of been, uh, okay, well, now the vision is more important. And so the, let's get the guy that did uh, bring it Ron on. Burn- Burgundy. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll get him to do the script. And so, yeah, it was just the feeling of, okay, we've gotten away from we're getting the best talent to do this and more. Okay, we're just going to continue with the vision. And that mm-hmm. felt a little, you know, when it happened, it's, uh, all right, are, are we going in a direction that th- those first Marvel movies have been awesome? And now we're not going to get auteurs. We're just going to follow. This is what's on the whiteboard, and who will do it and shut the fuck up and do it? So we well, I, don't. And, have and to. I think I think one of the reasons why I think I keep drawing comparisons between this movie and Iron Man Two is like that's you can see the creases. Like John Favreau basically left after Iron Man Two because he didn't want to deal with the with the uh, the studio anymore because he wanted to go one way and they needed a whole bunch of other things to happen. And so you got these like. These scenes that were hodgepodges of his vision and what the studio was going to do, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? They they're going to make their movie, and I'm sort of just here to like make it, make sure that you know it 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 turns out okay." And uh, you you basically have caretakers, not necessarily directors anymore, for the Marvel movies. Interesting. Yeah, yeah and it, well, I mean, Joss too, Joss Whedon. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, and he and same thing with with that one. He sort of said like, "Yep, I, I I've gone as far as I can with this as." You know, as with my own personal creative vision on things, and so I'm just going to move on. Yeah, I think he made it about three days after Age of Ultron yeah. came out before he started yeah. saying, "Oh God, working with Marvel was hell on this." And yeah. All the good shit you liked, they wanted me to cut out, and I didn't want Thor looking into a pool. Who the fuck wants to watch Thor look into a pool? Goddamn it! Well, as I recall, yeah. when when Wright was let go or walked or whatever, a number of fairly prominent Hollywood folks, including Whedon, took to Twitter with like Coronetto in in like solidarity. <laughs> and yeah, various. All right, so we were talking a little bit before we got off on the the Wright uh, auteur tangent about weird character motivations, and everybody was kind of fucked up. There was a. Uh, I mean, Ant-Man himself, and this also felt bolted on. There's a few times in the movies, like, I'm a thief. I'm a good thief. But at the same time, they're like, no, he was just an engineer. Uh, he stole once, and it was a Robin Hood kind of thing. Like, somebody said, well, we can't make him too much of a, a criminal. Except for the other lines where they're like, you know, you, you give up too easily. You always fall back on, like, a life of crime whenever it gets too hard. After what? Doing one heist? Like, yeah. what is it? <laughs> Also, and also, it was never really established that he did a heist. It was like a he did like a hack, computer yeah. hack, yeah. You know, yeah. like a computer hack. Which is that that part was kind of like that nah, was a that's a weird thing to prove your burglary skills, and then you're a fucking you are a master thief, and, yeah. and you know your burglary and electrical engineering skills do not make you a hacker. And then went with went on a joyride that ended up with a Bentley going into a pool. Like what is he, Jeremy Clarkson? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Darren Cross, you know his his 
screaming need to, I have to shrink a person or this is not worth anything. What are you fucking kidding me? I think UPS would beg to differ. If you can shrink <laughs> non-organic stuff that small, you know, Jeff Bezos would write you a check for a yeah. billion dollars with one hand while jacking you off with the other to be able to <laughs> deliver and, uh, with a single drone to everything in a fucking and, tri-state and area. I, and I, of course, say this in no way representing the United States Army, the U.S. government, or any of our allied forces. But uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, any government on Earth would love the fucking technology to shrink shit down and then grow it large again. Yeah. You know, like, how are we going to shoot these tanks and planes over here? Oh, I did like, but that does remind me. I love that reveal that there was an actual tank on a ski chain. That was fantastic. That was very cool. But yeah, it's the, the materiel fine, but the whole concept of imagine an army of ant sized soldiers. Yeah. That sounds like an excellent idea. You can wipe out the first armored division with a can of fucking raid. <laughs> you can take out airborne with a particularly virulent beer piss. That's it doesn't make any but Rob, sense. They have tiny lasers. And I've got a can of Aquanet and a lighter. <laughs> just weird motivational stuff that's okay, we're just gonna say this is the case and and it doesn't get in the way of the movie being fun, but you can't stop and think about it for more than 10 seconds like the yeah that's true the security to break in it's ironclad it's locked down except for one five millimeter tube that ends in lasers what that's like death star trench shit <laughs> all right you're testing miniaturization yeah. why have that to crazy glue that fucker what's the problem yeah. <laughs> it's right. it's it's cool on its own <laughs> <laughs> And you're going to make money with it. <laughs> with the tube. <laughs> Just with the miniaturization. <laughs> Which clearly. But it's also, it, I mean, when you get down to it, too, why did they have to kill that one suit? I, right. I guess they were worried about reverse engineering or something. I mean, like, they destroy all the files, they destroy all the uh, you know particles or whatever. Uh, that was Pim uh, being pissed off about his legacy. It, it was, they didn't just blow the building up. They imploded it into such a point that it became it, it's got sucked into itself. So as he's looking yeah, out the, the the helicopter window, it's not just blowing up. You're not going to get that shit again. It may well be in the microverse at this point. It's it was sucked into a pinpoint. Well, yes, <laughs> a pinpoint or a pin point. Ooh, oh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God damn. Aren't you so happy you invited me here? Ross, uh, I'm leaving the screaming kids in, but I'm cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> the the other thing, about, I'm just looking at my notes with holes. in. I didn't put in holes in the plot, but Jesus, there's a lot of them. Scott doesn't seem to have a parole officer of any kind. <laughs> they just sort of let him out into the world. You know, he's drinking. Aren't you supposed to not drink when well, you're on closest- parole? The closest thing he has to a parole officer is his uh, sort of cop brother, or, or uh, the repla- his yeah. replacement, basically yeah. his ex-wife's uh, new husband. So is that is that what parole is? Just some dude who berates you and fucks your wife? <laughs> basically, yeah. this takes place in San Francisco. I'm pretty sure their rules are different than ours. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just he walks out that the door. That would make you reconsider crime, wouldn't it? I guess, but he, he walks out the door after stealing billions and doesn't have to answer to anybody. It's like, did he, did he do his full bit? Was he just shanking people left and right in the shower? If your parole officer were fucking your ex-wife and raising your daughter, I think you'd think twice about committing another crime. Yeah, yeah. all right. I suppose you got a But point. look how it turned out. 
<laughs> well, to be, to be fair, that guy didn't seem like the most competent fucking cop. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> cops! The cops in this the movie man, were the, the fucking the worst. Uh, that was also his partner was Avon Barksdale. Yeah, I thought no, I recognized him. We have not discussed the fact that, like, fucking Avon Barksdale is the worst cop, unsurprisingly, ever. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know... Like they, first of all, I don't know how they got Pim's picture as a lawyer, because they went to such efforts to show that there were ants on the camera. So I don't even know right. how they got the picture, except they said, oh, shit, we need something else to throw at him during oh, the heist. As soon as they figured that out, why did they have to go wait for him at Cross Technologies on the off chance that he might show up for some super secret meeting? Why didn't they just go to his fucking house yeah you've got his picture you think he's harboring a fucking fugitive and you know he's already been to that fucking house and then all it takes is a google search to realize huh pim doesn't work there anymore but yeah let's go stake that fucking place out or clearly yeah. haven't like questioned hope when she's the one that admitted that she's the one that called the cops which got him arrested in the oh, first yeah, place yeah 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 all she would have to do is drop the charges yeah uh, yeah yeah you know it'd be like well um, also, there'd be, well, like, a manhunt more than, like, the fucking goofus and gallon of the police force. <laughs> yeah. Like, trying to find this guy. <laughs> like, there was a prison break. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, truly great cops. Uh, huh. Okay. We, we've got this van. We know it's Scott's van because of the horn. And one of the guys in the van stole and wrecked a police cruiser. Plus, one of them resisted arrest to get back to his laptop. But handcuffing just seems unseemly and rude. Let's <laughs> just sit on him for a while, and then when the alarm goes off, just let him run off. And Handcuffs are hard. Like... <laughs> we, 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 know the, the, we know the police force is obviously ADD. It's like, wait, ooh, you have the right to remain. Oh, oh, loud explosion. Let's go see what that is. Just waiting for them to run around with the Benny Hill music. <laughs> I guess if I lived in an Avengers world, I'd be constantly looking for that super crime where maybe I could get superpowers, but after a certain <laughs> yeah. point... And and the the closing of the movie, you've got Scott escapes custody. Man, but you're right. Manpower's mobilized. Suppose one would think they used overtime to hunt him down. And at the end of it, oh no, it was just a camera malfunction. But it, but even even before that, like he he robbed some guy's house, you know, and he got caught with no with with nothing on him. Right. And so he disappears from his cell. There's, they're going to close down five blocks of the city for this guy. Oh, absolutely. It's a, at best they got him for trespassing. Because he's got, he's got nothing on him. They just saw him go over a fence. He... Also, it's Hank Pym's house. So if Hank Pym shows up at the police station, he didn't need to break him out of prison. All he had to do was say, I dropped the charges, and they could have yeah, walked, no, walked totally out with fine. him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, the guy you arrested, that's my house. He wasn't breaking and entering. And they would have been, oh, okay. Was, sorry. Yeah, he was there to clean the pool. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of fucking work. You know, it's so weird seeing doing this podcast right after seeing the movie because you guys are talking me out of liking it as we go. No, no, no. It's 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 fun. It's, it's a fun, fun movie. movie. Don't worry. <laughs> Tim, is, Tim is the most susceptible person. To, to, <laughs> Tim, what about that really awesome thing when he was flying the ant and he's like, Whoa. "That was good. That was right. That was not fun." <laughs> Anthony. See, just so just fun. keep remembering Anthony. <laughs> yeah. What's this, Anthony? Somebody, I read somewhere that a, that they called it. They consider this a Phase Two movie. It's the last of the Phase Two so, movies. So was Anthony's wing supposed to be like the Lost Hand? Oh, 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 <laughs> oh dude! That I did not be. think of that. Did no one else. Did anyone else lose a limb? Uh, a lot of people lost their dignity, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think the first thing that got uh, imploded into the microverse off of Yellow Jacket was his right arm. It was. It was. Oh, right, okay. that that could theoretically count. That's better. I like getting his wing better though. The wing. I'm yeah. gonna go with the wing. I think I like the wing was <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Darren Cross is a crack shot shooting a fucking ant out of the fucking air. I don't, <laughs> don't want to play paintball with him. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah play but him. he couldn't hit anything else. <laughs> that was Rudd's this time it's personal moment. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to regret that. <laughs> you shot the ant that I've known for four days. <laughs> he, was only, he was only two days away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> And in and in ant years, like I'm pretty sure four days is a lot. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. That's a long yeah. time to know an ant. So really, ant he lived a fine life. I mean, yeah, full, pretty full. That guy must have. Yeah, been, he lived, yeah. you, oh, that's he, what we all should go out. <laughs> he, he was born. He had a harness strapped to him. Some dude shrieking in his head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that or moving leaves around. I mean, <laughs> dude, that's the that's like the fucking he was he was he was like the. John Dillinger of the fucking ant world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the weird thing is, uh, yeah, there are, you can't stop and think about it. The movie is filled with holes. It's got huge problems. But the people in it, the characters made it likable. You know, yeah. Rudd was, yeah, perfectly fine as a dude who's like, all right, I'm out of options and this is kind of ridiculous what I'm doing, but. Yeah, all right. What what the hell? And yeah. I'm surrounded by these strange people and I think I want to bang this one. So yeah, I mean, it, everybody was likable, but yeah, from a plot standpoint, it it doesn't really hold up at all. Is there anything else about this to to discuss? I mean, it was it was kind of it was fun and that's yeah. about it. Well, what else did you like about it? I guess we we, could, we sort of picked apart some I stuff. I liked but... I liked Evangeline Lilly's Janet Van Dyne haircut. Oh, <laughs> oh fantastic, Jesus. Bob. Fantastic. <laughs> Accurate but horrible. Just to, I, oh no 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 no! That, I don't want to haircut anybody. I'm in on it. I I, I don't want to. No, but I did, I did like it as an homage to the character in the comics. No, oh, definitely. But I don't want to live in a world where I don't want to fuck Evangeline Lilly. It's that was just terrible. It was a boner killer. It, it'll grow out. Oh, see, you I disagree. Should, you, should, you should check. You should check with your prostate there, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Not until I can hit seventy nine. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, her character, the characters really made this movie worth watching because uh, yeah, the plot, the, the great, ca great casting. I mean, I mean yeah. that's yeah, yeah, top to bottom, a lot of fun, great, great chemistry. Really, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed his like, uh, you know, I guess that's one way to diversify the Marvel universe is uh, hey, we'll bring in some uh, low level criminals into the Marvel universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got your minorities. Are you guys happy? <laughs> yeah, but they. I did love the fact that they were great. Your your main minority loves wine and art. Like yeah, I want to hang with that him. Was, <laughs> that was fucking glorious. You know, I don't usually like reds, but there was a there was a rosé that was what do you call it? Challenging or delightful? It was delightful. Yeah. Delightful, yeah. Delightful. <laughs> oh no, no, I honestly, he should be doing the exposition for every Marvel movie yeah, now. We just, he has to be involved like, just, somehow. Yeah, just go to this guy if you need to know what happened. Have him tell the story. Make him the watcher. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, this is not a movie I think I need a, a sequel for. Except I do want to see what happened with Hope Van Dyne. But uh, I'm guessing... I think, I, think, I think you could just now insert them into the Avengers and have, you know, their their, uh, their great B-story characters. You're going to get a sequel. Oh, <laughs> that is the worst. <laughs> That's the worst <laughs> pun I've ever fucking heard. That makes dick jokes look like a Picasso Benari. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's some pretty good dick jokes out there. Guys <laughs> <laughs> have told some pretty good dick jokes, I'm pretty sure. They're all pointy. <laughs> oh, God. Weird. Are we still on Rob's prostate? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, shit, somebody is. Who the... <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> All right, so do we have anything else about Ant-Man before Ross just starts poking at Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman? Yeah, you, you guys have to go. I, I, <laughs> I, I really liked it. I thought Paul Rudd was great, but the dude's 45 years old. Do they have any superheroes in their 20s? Oh, <laughs> like in actually good yeah. physical condition? I, I think Fox has the rights to anybody that might be in their 20s. Yeah, they're all X-Men. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or the, or the new Fantastic Four. Yeah. Oh God! Is yeah. anybody looking forward to that? No, no. Yeah, Mar- Marvel is because when this movie fails, they'll get the rights back. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe they'll make a Fantastic Four comic again. I can't believe there's no Fantastic Four comic book in the goddamn Marvel universe. It's I, it's it, what? Who's the guy who's directing it? Josh Trank. Yeah, I really liked Chronicle, which is a pretty solid superhero movie. You know, considering it's not a, a known property, but. Oh God! I don't know if it's the stink of the first two Fantastic Four movies, or what. I just I don't. Care I think about this. I think it's just. I think it's. I mean, the Fantastic Four's collection of powers is a tough sell as a comic book. And when you put it, in the, when you put it in the realism of a movie, it, there's just no big stretchy guy. Just doesn't fucking work at all. Just, <laughs> Not even if he's got a bacterial stack for a gut. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't care who's directing it. I don't care who does the special effects. Stretchy guy. I mean, as much as shrinking guy is dumb, stretching guy is fucking ridiculous. Ross has also made the point of like, when when your origin is like, oh, it was cosmic rays. Okay, so how can you stretch? Oh, cosmic rays. Oh, so they make you stretch? No, sometimes they make you burst into flames. Okay, and then sometimes they make you invisible, and then sometimes they turn you into a. What are fucking cosmic <laughs> rays then? What yeah. do they? What? <laughs> they they cause they unique forms of cancer. They come from the MacGuffin galaxy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I think Mr. Fantastic could work if they actually went out of their way to to hold off on showing that he could do anything. Just focus on the fact he's a brilliant scientist until like the very end and, and be like, are you jealous of, of your friends because they got powers? No. And then he like reaches out across the room and gets a beaker. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, see, you- I, no, I, think that the, I think that's one of the things that you could do with the Fantastic Four in terms of Mr. Fantastic where it's almost incident- it, like it's, it's incidental that he stretches and stuff. You know, where he's yeah. just using it as an extension of, like, whatever else he's doing, where the others are, like, I'm, you know, jumping into battle, and, like, you know, the human torches, uh, he's a hothead, so he, you know, jumps in there, and the thing is just, I'm just massive strength and all that, and the Invisible Woman, they, I love that, I love that the Invisible Woman was like, oh, you can turn invisible, so we're gonna make things up, like, you can also create force fields, and you can yeah. create, like, <laughs> invisible arrows out I, of the, like. I'm the Invisible Woman, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that was probably what Stan was trying to point out when okay. he created the character. <laughs> I'm sure he would absolutely say that if you were to ask him right now. <laughs> right now, yes. Stan was writing about ten different books at that point. He was so strung out on meth. Who was yeah, like, yeah. this? Oh, we, okay. We talked about this. Uh, Earth, air, fire, water. Go. Print it. Fuck it. I don't, <laughs> don't want to know what they look like, Jack. Just draw something cool. Make sure it's big. I gave you a title. What the fuck do you want from me, Jack? <laughs> They're fantastic. Make them fantastic, and there's four of them. <laughs> Genius. But there, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of that. It's oh, this is a stupid power. It turns out. Let's add stuff to it, like fucking Ant Man. You know, <laughs> early Marvel was as much experimentation as anything else. That's true. 
Well, yeah, and 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 that's just a that's a a great point in terms of like the the lasting characters. It's like they only have they do the one thing really well, and you don't have to add much more to it. And like the characters, like, oh, I'm also this. I'm a I'm a thief, but I'm also an electrical engineer, and I can also do this stuff. It's like you're trying way too hard. <laughs> parkour, <laughs> parkour. <laughs> <laughs> An electrical engineer who doesn't understand words like atomic or subatomic. That was oh, yeah. was that not a weird moment for anybody else? I, I had this I, I had that conversation in my head. I went, Oh, he should know that. I go, Well, he's an electrical engineer. He just knows like volts and amps and shit. Yeah, so but maybe high he school no quantum physics. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna fix this quantum physical regulator. <laughs> no, well, he, he did just jam a thing in a thing. Like it's <laughs> I'm pretty sure I jammed that into an outlet when I, I was a kid. <laughs> I can't get it to play my fucking iTunes, son of a bitch. I want to try this spork and see what happens. <laughs> as as a final taste before Civil War, is is this enough? Are we psyched for Civil I don't know what the fuck he's going to do in Civil War. I could see him, you know, like, like the point you guys made of, yeah, he was going to be the Spider-Man one who maybe reveals his identity in Civil War. But now they have Spider-Man. What the hell is he going to do? Well, I don't think he needs to. Uh, I think what it is is more of the everyman sort of out of his league character. And, and also, he's, also, I mean, just nuts and bolts. He's a character that, other, that everybody else, everybody doesn't know about. Right. So he's kind of a secret weapon, such as he is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think he brings stealth to it. And um, if you have, you know, Captain America versus Iron Man, you have you have a character who he and his mentor. Hank Pym naturally hate the start. So I mean, like Ross yeah. said, you've you've already set that up where it's like, oh, now Captain America has a super genius scientist right. on his side. Yeah, because Pym Pym can stand brain for brain with Stark. Okay, because that makes a lot of sense. Because I could see a certain amount of possible setup of you know just with the the Pym Stark hatred. I don't know that it's rivalry because mm-hmm. we haven't seen yeah. any indication Tony Stark even knows Hank Pym exists. But uh, I could see a certain amount of. If they hadn't gotten Spider-Man to have him take the Spider-Man role of, you know, oh, I'm going to go to Tony Stark and reveal my identity. And uh, no, you can't do that. He's a pile of shit. For Christ's sake, he fucked my wife and made her go subatomic or something. (laughs) (laughs) That happens all the time. As one does. (laughs) It'll be in the the deleted scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of intriguing to try to figure out what falcon meant by oh i know a guy you know what the hell's ant-man gonna do to save fucking bucky but i would have i would have liked a night like to at, at the end it would have been nice to have like a re you know a, a revisitation of that falcon sort of ant-man thing where he brings the the MacGuffin back to him or like you know he yeah. shows that he's worth you know worthy right. of being with the avengers and See, like i thought it was going to be i because uh, the woman who sold us our tickets said there's two so stay for both and i told my son i go i'll bet you the last one is Captain America chewing out the Falcon for letting the guy get the thing. Right. Because he said, you know, I don't want Cap to know about this. So I thought it was going to be like a funny thing where Cap was chewing him out. Not the thing. Yeah. Right. See, I thought it was going to be Spider-Man. I thought it would just be a, a give me of, you know, Ant-Man grows to full size on a rooftop after something and Spider-Man swings by and just like, hey, it's up. It's all it would have taken. It's like, hey, this is my gig. <laughs> <laughs> Is Spider-Man in Civil War? I thought he wasn't. Yeah, yeah he's going to be. They, yeah, they got the uh, Sony and Marvel are sharing the uh, the character now. So. Yeah, I just thought that was for for Avengers three. And Civil War, yeah. anything Marvel wants to use him for. Anything. <laughs> Civil Civil War is for all intents and purposes Avengers two point five at this point. Yeah. Is there anybody yeah. who's yeah. not in it? I don't think I'm in it. 
Uh, uh, I don't know. I, uh, you got a message. I forgot to give it to you. <laughs> I get to be Is Dazzler? In it? No fucking Dazzler. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> How happy was John Slattery that uh, his his old Howard Stark has become canon now? Yeah. Oh yeah. See that <laughs> that threw me because it's I have not watched. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. It's like yeah, I've watched the the pilot to Mad Men like twice and be like yeah, I should watch this and never get around to it. So right. I don't necessarily recognize him. It's like that's that was the Howard Stark from Iron Man two. I thought they replaced him, and so yeah, kind of kind of threw me off. But yeah, he's. Particularly now that Madman's go- Mad Men's gone, he's like, okay, I got another semi-regular paycheck. Haley Atwell like, gets to be in all these. So. Yeah. I don't pay attention to like nearly as much attention as you guys. I had no idea that was a different guy. <laughs> <laughs> you just put like you slick his hair back, you put on a mask, mustache, tell me he's Howard Stark, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> take my money. <laughs> he's like a benevolent Walt Disney. That's all I know. <laughs> We're, we're going to get an email at some point. Hey, guys, I gave my car to Howard Stark. He said he needed to get to Albany. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anything else about Ant-Man, or do I have to ask the Batman versus Superman question? If you ask that, then I'm out. I have no – I refuse to even sully my mouth with DC property. All right, well, how, how <laughs> no, that's, that's not true. I just, I just haven't paid any attention to Superman Batman at all because, I mean, does so, he have blue eyes? Uh, anything's possible, sure. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> like doesn't the, doesn't, the, doesn't the Batman mask have glowing blue eyes? They do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go, go watch the trailer. It's like two and a half minutes. <laughs> you'll never get back. Ever. You'll never get that back. You, you'll never get it back. That's lost time. That is time. That I'll do is it right now. Moments in time lost forever. Time to die. <laughs> well, I mean, Amanda and I talked about this on, on last week's show. It's even if you got a problem with Man of Steel, this is very much a Batman trailer. So it's not is, that bad. Which goes to my point of <laughs> of Superman is so disrespected that he doesn't even get top billing in his own fucking movie. Is Superman the like, Hank Pym of the DC universe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except instead of like being a wife beater, he's a genocidal maniac <laughs> who allows 9-11 like destruction across <laughs> the fucking world and then like lets his dad die over a puppy. I'm watching. <laughs> he waved him off. <laughs> Okay. Oh, look at that. Bye. <laughs> All right, go. And children have now entered the exact right time. Oh, you're going to cut it anyway. <laughs> none, none of this is making the final cut. We are uh, giving you so much work for editing. Yeah, he doesn't obsess like, about yes, any of this I at all. saw the Ant-Man movie. <laughs> yeah. Paul Rudd. It was good. The end. <laughs> Rob's prostate is Superman. <laughs> 79. It causes 9-11 level destruction. <laughs> That's a title. <laughs> Rob's prostate causes 9-11 like destruction <laughs> is probably accurate. <laughs> well, you, gentlemen and lady. Uh, I apparently the, keep on having more children. <laughs> <laughs> this is, Russ has had two more children while we've been podcasting. <laughs> Is this a bad time to, to say that the court has told me that I have to tell people? Bye-bye! That... <laughs> <laughs> hey, who wants to tell me if this looks infected? Come back! <laughs> Does this look like it can cause 9-11 level destruction? Oh, no! I'm still talking about Rob's prostate. <laughs> this show's going to be about 20 minutes by the time I cut it down. <laughs> 
All right, do we want to talk about Batman versus Superman at all, or the trailer? Or, or? I have nothing to offer whatsoever. Yeah, no shit. Anyway, oh. <laughs> wait, can we talk about the Star Wars Force Awakens trailer, which played again before the Ant Man? Yeah, movie? I don't yes, I've I've seen that. I've seen that trailer. I don't know, conservatively speaking, a million and five times. Just watching it in the movie theater, just when it came up, I still get I still get chills every time the goddamn music plays. The cra- the the crashed Star Destroyer is. Oh. But just that as a moment gave, gave me hope. I'm like, then this is that, this is gonna be fine. This is gonna be that, fine. That, that set piece alone and the whole tone of it. I mean, everything just looks so good and well done. It's like I that I'm actually really excited to see. Does anybody have a theory and I, and after on the prequels? I didn't John Boyega's character because he shows up in the Stormtrooper thing, but then recently he posted a promo picture early. That shows him wearing what appears to be Rebel Alliance gear with Chewbacca. Yeah. I think he's a. I think he's infiltrator. Yeah, I think he's like a spy in there. Yeah. Much much like the Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, well, Star breaking. But we already have like somebody else who's potentially going to be that kind of uh, roguish character that was running around with Daisy. Yeah, I'm curious to see what kind of shape the Empire's in at this point. Yeah. Well, they're not. The well, I think the, the Empire is going to be more of probably some sort of either their own type of insurgency where like the rebellion is sort of taken over and, and, and there's like a, a new rise of maybe like a, a new threat. Um, or, you know, they're still clinging on to the old power because it takes place 30 years in the future. So I think that this is, this is probably some sort of like, you know, the, the, the rebuilding of the Imperial army. And now they're finally at a strength where they can, they can threaten whatever stability they've created over the last 30 years. See, I'm a, I think I'm in the minority here. All I care about is where is Luke? Uh, what's he doing? Is he still good? You know, is he is is he turning into the dark Jedi or is he like <laughs> kind of becoming the 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 hermit Yoda Yoda type? I think he's gonna play the Obi. My my guess would be that he plays the Obi Wan type and possibly dies. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay, Ross? <laughs> no, we're okay with that. No. <laughs> That's it, not true. <laughs> That's impossible. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Search your feelings, Ross. You know it can be true. <laughs> but it's you know that the the main three characters can't really go past this movie. I mean, Harrison oh, yeah. Ford damn near busted a hip filming it. To have the, to have them in a role where they're back, it ties it back to the original trilogy and hands it off to a new set of characters I think is the best thing they can do with it for a long-term solution and sure all of us generation Xers yeah we're we're excited to see Han Solo and Chewie and Luke and, and everybody again but you can't just keep doing movies like that it's right. that's the no, expendables because the thing that got you excited as a kid wasn't, <laughs> wasn't was an 80 year old geriatric Han Solo being like Chewie my cane like <laughs> <laughs> Chewie we're home we're Chewy. We're in the home. We're in the home. <laughs> well, maybe we need to get back together when that movie comes yeah. out and do another show. Oh, man. It's going to be so awesome, though. It's going to be so awesome. I'm psyched I for Baldroid. Dude, <laughs> we liked Phantom Menace for a few hours, at least, after we saw it. That's true. The, the sheen on that movie, Tim and I were talking about this last time, the sheen on that movie dissipated very quickly after walking out of that movie where it's kind of like, well, that... That looked like Star Wars. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Was, no, yeah. no, 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 no. No, I listened to that, and I was I was sitting there, like, calling bullshit in my head because 
I remember we had that lunch afterwards, and we were like, okay, all right, all right. The two-headed alien was bad, but everything else was so red. I feel like by the, by the end of that lunch, we were like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were kind of down uh. to like well the lightsaber duel was fucking awesome and I won't like I can't be dissuaded of that that's still <laughs> right. awesome that was great <laughs> but we discovered what the half life of excitement on seeing episode one on the screen like actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah me, me and my buddy uh, me and one of my buddies uh, got skywalking pneumonia and went uh, that Friday for a matinee and walked out not entirely sure. <laughs> And then I went the next day with another college buddy, and it took that long. It was walking out the second time, like, oh, no, that really wasn't good. That's, oh, Jesus Christ, why? What a mess. You know what else wasn't very good? Your skywalking pun? Come on, skywalking pneumonia. You thought you were just going to slip that pass and no one was going to notice? I thought it was uh, common. I wasn't trying to be clever. I thought that's just what we, that's what we all fucking called it 15 years ago. Like the Call of Duty flu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the call of Flutie. Ooh, <laughs> I, I I I claim no credit for the Skywalking pneumonia thing. I stole it. I did it. I did it with malice aforethought. <laughs> it's not my joke. I, I think you stole it. What are you, an electrical engineer? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> the Phantom Menace can be broken down into like four words. The Phantom Menace. Yippee! Oh God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Slash fart joke. Yeah. <laughs> I stepped in poo. Okay. Did he? I don't remember that. Uh, Jar Jar stepped <laughs> you in poo. You blocked that out. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. There's definitely a farting animal. That's right. I, I bought the entire set on Blu-ray just for the extra special features you've got. The, those first three will never see my Blu-ray player. That's what I keep telling myself is I am excited for The Force Awakens, but... I was excited for Phantom Menace. True. We've been here before. Yeah. Yeah, but we've been here before. We have been, but we, now we have a director who, you know, we might be able to say things uh-huh. like no, or that that seems a little racist. You know, right. <laughs> maybe you yeah, want to rethink maybe that. Maybe you make a space movie that people will complain looks too much like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> all I want them to say what, is, I'm sorry, Mr. Lucas, your ID doesn't clear you onto the set. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> George, we told you. <laughs> the the fact that the that this uses practical effects and that they're actual sets, yeah, that for me that's is like already start. that's that's like ninety percent of the that's like ninety percent of the way there. It's like oh, that's an actual thing that they're interacting with. That's there. It's a real I, thing they built. I think that Baldroid man, Baldroid's awesome. That, like, he's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome because he's real. He has right. his own Twitter. The first time you saw him on the on that on that first trailer. Like, I was looking at that going like, oh, no, this is a bad sign. And then I read, like, they really built that. I was like, okay, cool. Let's just say, everybody seems into it based on, on the footage that was released from Comic-Con with the behind-the-scenes. There was, like, a three-minute um, feature yeah, that yeah. they released. Uh-huh. Everybody looks happy and into it, whereas, like, the, the stills <laughs> yeah. from the, the prequel, it's like everybody looks like they took their passport, and there's no <laughs> way out. <laughs> I feel poor How do I get break. off the set? <laughs> Tickets, passport, papers, please. <laughs> I'm just trying to get off the set. <laughs> I need a sandwich. <laughs> I want to talk to a person, not a green yeah. thing, a person. Something without ping pong I'm, balls stuck to it. Like, I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure no one in the prequels knew when they were actually taping. They were just like <laughs> reciting lines in front of a green screen and then they would hear, cut. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, print next one. <laughs> uh, I was reading in my hand. Ah, we'll take it yep, out. And good enough. We'll okay. fix it. Don't okay. worry. We got what we needed. You can see we Padma's lines on the back sack. of her hand. <laughs> Why were you filming that? I was just bitching that I don't like the sand over by the fucking truck. And that's everywhere. <laughs> no. That's gold. That every second of that was gold. I did half a I'm lithium before I started it. talking. I don't. <laughs> All right. So we'll agree. Oh, we're we're excited for Star Wars. Yes. Why don't Why don't we pencil in? We'll do another one of these maybe earlier yeah. in the day for Star Wars. Yeah. Sounds good. We should start to get some good right. stuff as we lead up to that now because D23 is coming up. Uh, the whole Disney Con is coming up. So they didn't have a as big a presence as they could have had at Comic-Con because I think they're saving the majority of it for their own Disney Con. Well, that's ultimately going to be what makes Comic-Con just a kick-ass comic convention again and maybe yeah. possible to actually get to is these studios are starting to realize, you know, we don't necessarily need San Diego Comic-Con to do this. I mean, Marvel's a perfect example why don't we just rent a theater and send out a press release we're going to be talking about our next five movies and people will show up and it'll still get all over the fucking internet you don't need to spend a million dollars remaking the tin fish to look like moss eisley spaceport right it's true because grim owns that yeah <laughs> they basically have tin fish down god i miss san diego this year every every year that we've gone oh, since grim has been on tv they've taken over the tin fish and turned it into Grimland. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, here's a le- here's a legitimate question though. Since Disney owns Star Wars now, why isn't there a fucking cantina in Disney World? Ooh. Why isn't there like a Moss Eisley cantina in Disney World? That's like just makes money for parents to go and fucking drink while they're they, <laughs> They'd have to do that in Epcot. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like an Epcot idea. <laughs> it's one of the small worlds in the pavilion. Yeah. Look, Benari. Because it's all built on fucking swamplands, and you can't have a ranker so right. to chuck your That's kids into. That's more of a Shelbyville idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, because it can't be in Disney World, but yeah. It's... No. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to be on a minute, baby. <laughs> All right, well, you people go back to parenting. I think I have to go back to parenting. All right, so so let me just – let me do the outro and then I'll let everybody go. So don't know where you found this podcast, but you can always find us at our home website, crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. We are on Facebook, and I have finally learned how to create an honest-to-God URL for that. So it is facebook.com slash crisisoninfinitemidlives. Uh, We are on Tumblr, crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter. At Infinite Midlife. Yes. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. And if you found the show there, do us a favor. Shoot us a review. Give us a rating. It helps people find the show. And it makes me feel like a big man. With uh, no prostate problems. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we are on uh, TuneIn Radio. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And I think that is it. This has been Episode 79 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. Thank you to our guests, Tim McIntyre. Dead. Ari, <laughs> <laughs> Poulton and Ross Garmel. Woo! <laughs> I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening. And derp. all right, so that was about an hour and a half. We'll be cutting it for ten hours. <laughs> <laughs>